Good evening. You're listening to the Navajo Health Command Operations Center's COVID-19 Prevention and Awareness Radio Forum. Brought to you by the Navajo Department of Health. For more information, call 928-871-7014. Again, that's 928-871-7014. With tonight's program, here's Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez. I know that a lot of this is repetitive, ladies and gentlemen. I think people are just tired of the pandemic and the public health emergency, but it's because of each and every one of you that we have managed to bring the numbers in our communities down very low. And when you get to that low part, psychologically, it's like, all right, we're out of the uh, pandemic, but we must not let up. You know, we must not let up. I appreciate all the folks that are tuning in from all over. And let me just announce that the transition from the red status, which was stay at home, shelter in place, to the orange status, where businesses, churches, religious activities, uh, traditional activities will begin to be available at 25% capacity. And now one thing to highlight is it's the citizens' responsibility. We've been doing this for a whole year, ladies and gentlemen, going through this pandemic. Next week, we're going to be going uh, one year since the first confirmed case of COVID-19 here on the Navajo Nation and the first death. And for one year, the leadership The public health experts have said, wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands with soap and water, and stay home, right? And now it's the responsibility of each and every one of us. I know people are traveling around now because it's getting warm. It's your responsibility uh, to take care of yourself and your family. 29,873 total confirmed cases for since the start of this pandemic. And we uh, tested over 246,000 people. Of course, those are duplicates now, right? We get tested often. Testing is still available in our communities. You know, don't just walk around with it. If you feel sick, go get tested. Please go get tested so that we can isolate you if you have the virus. We don't want it to spread in our communities, and we don't want to see these numbers start to go up. Last year, right around Labor Day, we this whole country let down. We started traveling. You know, I mean, it's tempting now. It's getting warm. We want to go and travel. Now's not the time. Please, please, even if you got your shots, the shot is to push back on the virus. You can still catch it. But the symptoms will be lessened. But that means you can still possibly spread the virus within your household. Remember, our kids, 18 and and under, 16 and under, have yet to be vaccinated. So let's think of the greater good here for not just for ourselves, but for our family and our community members. Total recovered, 16,184. You know, there has been a lot of long-term health effects from the virus. People are still struggling, trying to breathe. They have maybe a high heart rate. Now some are going to dialysis. 
some are walking with the cane, oxygen, you know, long-term effects. And let's continue to pray for their recovery. Uh, 1,203 people have lost their lives. 60% of those are elderly, 60 years and over. Just imagine how much teaching went with them. And some of you have received some of that teaching. And, and I know some of you are those that have lost loved ones are, are still grieving. And it's a different way of grieving, right? Uh, we can't hang out with our family members like we used to. Uh, we can't even go to the funeral. But let me just say that there is help available. And family members call each other to lift each other up. You know, once a funeral happens and everybody goes home, that's when it really hits. And that's why we have to follow up with our loved ones. And let us pray as a nation. Pray as a nation that the 1,203 families here on Navajo who have lost loved ones, uh, all the families who have lost loved ones, let's pray for them for healing. Next week, we'll be talking about mental health uh, resources that are going to be available that are available, you know, churches, uh, religious events can help in the healing process, but we got to do it safely, right? Baby steps, as they say, just a little bit at a time. You can see what we went through over a year now, ladies and gentlemen, over a year, we went through two big spikes, two, uh, I should say two waves, as they say, and look at that second wave. Those um, daily numbers we see of deaths have come from that second wave. Let's not have another wave. Let's continue to wash our hands, social distance, wear our mask, stay home as much as we can. You know, scientists and, and public health professionals have said, as I mentioned, if you do those three, wear your mask, social distance, and wash your hands with soap and water or hand sanitizers you can push back on the virus and the virus will not go up. If we don't do one of those three, then you can see how quickly it could spread. Yesterday, the New Mexico state uh, took a position on reopening schools in April. So we want to make sure that there's no confusion what's happening here on the nation. And, you know, there, there's been some uncontrollable spreads in communities. Baca Pruitt, Ganado, Indian Wells, Kaibito, Rama, St. Michael's, Tuba City, Touchy Blue Gap. Let's continue to follow these criterias. All right. 187,560 doses have come to the Navajo Nation. And the total number that has gone into the arms of our Navajo people, at least one shot, 141,530 people. And that's 75.5%. You know, at one point we we're at 95%, but we keep getting additional doses. And so the percentage keeps going down. But 741,000 is a lot. And I, I want to say thank you to everyone who's received it because healthcare professionals, doctors, scientists have been encouraging us to get vaccinated. And I think a lot of our Navajo people have looked at the 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 larger good, the bigger good of our Navajo people. Like I said, it's not just 
for ourselves, it's for our families and for our communities and our nation. Number of people receiving the second dose, 52,324 fully vaccinated. Second, these are Moderna and Pfizer. Johnson & Johnson have been uh, delivered 2,700 shots. Those are one shots that have been gone out to the uh, healthcare facilities, but we haven't uh, put those into the arms yet. And then just keep in mind, Johnson & Johnson, yes, is one shot. And the efficacy or the effectiveness against the virus is uh, 60, 75, 80% in that range, which is good. Pushing back on the virus. But look at Pfizer and Moderna. Two shots. Yes, you have to get two shots. But if you get the second shot for both of them, that's over 95% effective against the the virus. So good job to the Navajo people for the hard work that you've done and waiting in long lines and getting your shot. I have seen some 16-year-olds and overs getting their shots. You know, I appreciate all the health care professionals all across the Navajo Nation for working weekends. That's why we reopen weekends seven days to get shots, as many people vaccinated as we can. And so it's available all over the nation. Just look on our Facebook page or go to your local IHS or 638 facility um, website to find out what's uh, happening close to your community. So, again, Wednesday, tomorrow, we'll be at transition from red status to orange status. Some of you may be thinking, what, what does that mean? Red status was a total shutdown, lockdown, stay-at-home order uh, with uh, businesses closed. Some essential businesses were open during the red. Yes, that's like grocery stores, hardware stores, gas stations, uh, laundromats, you know, those that are an essential. But when it comes to businesses, for all businesses, uh, the recommendation is 25% occupancy, right, uh, into these facilities based upon submitting a plan. Plan has to be reviewed by the Division of Economic Development. Then you get the green light to reopen. Churches, the same thing. Uh, other uh, traditional religious gatherings, same thing. But it's really on the store owner now, the business owner, the pastor, the medicine man that then make sure that these protocols are put in place because now you're going to be held accountable. You will be held accountable for keeping the people safe. There's only so much government can do, right? And we did our very best for a whole year now. And with the hard work of our Navajo Nation employees, hard work of our frontline workers, our healthcare facilities throughout the Navajo Nation, outstanding job. Thank you for the work that you have done and are, are doing. So I know there's going to be a lot of people getting their second doses in the coming weeks. So please remember when you're supposed to get your second dose and get that second dose within that time frame. Based on this, you know, we have over, let me say, 141,000 people plus people who received their vaccination. There's 175,000 living here on Navajo, another 175 living off the nation. So we're getting to the point where almost half of our population has received at least one vaccine, one dose. 
If you compare 141,000 to the user population of the healthcare facilities here on Navajo, that means 228,000 Navajos get their healthcare on the Navajo Nation. That means the people that are not living on the Navajo Nation that come and get their health care on Navajo, either Gallup or Winslow as well, that's what it's counted. I know that not everybody, not, not every Navajo gets their health care from IHS here on Navajo. So if you base the 141,530 people who got a shot, or at least their first shot, that's almost half our Navajo people. So that plays a factor into this red to orange status, which we'll be talking a little bit more about tomorrow. So that's what's different about this time around, that we have many people vaccinated. And I talked a little bit about the schools, too. You know, teachers and faculty, there's a big priority on vaccinations for them. But right now, the position of the Navajo Nation is still online. Online classes until we see and we have discussions with the schools about how just like with a business reopening, we need to see their plan. We need to see what their protocols are and keeping our students and our faculty and the staff safe. And those discussions are happening where we're listening to them. We haven't made a decision, but we're listening to them. But the thing that throws us off is something like yesterday's press release from New Mexico saying that they're going to open all their schools. But then the governor did say to tribal leaders that they recognize the sovereignty of tribes. That includes the Navajo Nation. So if we decide to stay online, then they got to do it. United States with the Navajo Nation and compared to vaccination, that's the daily cases, the case count. I'm sorry. The case count compared to the Navajo Nation and the United States of America. The United States of America is still high there on daily count cases you can see we're way down compared to the rest of the United States of America. Remember, we're not opening up everything 100% like Texas, right? We're taking small steps in our recovery here because we are a sovereign nation. Thank you so much for your attention, ladies and gentlemen. Follow and wear your mask and hand washing and sanitizing protocols. And when you get your second shot, any doses, that doesn't mean you just throw off your mask and start going all over the place. And so those are things that we're going to be talking about. We'll start transitioning out. So thank you so much. We just want you to have the most information possible to make a decision for yourself, for your family, and for your community. That's power. Information is power. And that also means share it with your family members, your community members. What you hear today, share it with those around you, your loved ones. Because I know we will get through this. We will get through this. I've been saying that. And some people have said, yeah, poor, poor Navajos, they're, they're hit hard. And yeah, we got hit hard. We lost people. We got a lot of people that caught the virus. But Just imagine if we didn't take these protocols this whole year, the message that you heard from our healthcare professionals, just imagine how worse this could have been probably. And I thank you, Navajo people, you've got to be commended. But we need to also put our foot down to those that don't listen. I know you you all send me and Vice President and HCOC, so-and-so is driving around or so-and-so is not, but 
you know, it's, it's really up to us, all of us, to work together for the bigger good, for the bigger part of, uh, of our Navajo nation. And these businesses, right? There's a bubble here on Navajo. If we stay on Navajo, we reopen these businesses on Navajo, then we don't have to see the high rise of cases. But it's when we leave, we put ourselves in a higher uh, percentage of catching the virus, and then we bring it back possibly. Boom. We're back in the same spot. So if businesses here on Navajo are focused on the Navajo people, then we believe it's safe as we wear our mask, we use hand sanitizer, and we social distance. Those are the three things. And the fourth thing is staying at home. Yate, Shea, Laura, Hammett, Yenashea, Johns Hopkins Center for American Indian Health, Banashnish. I think everybody's heard uh, a lot of information, obviously, about COVID vaccines, and the Navajo Nation is certainly leading uh, the efforts right now um, across the country, really, and rolling vaccine out to uh, protect um, its citizens. Uh, the vaccine offers us benefits in that it can protect uh, not only um, the individual by preventing infection or reducing the severity of illness, but also by b- benefiting uh, the community, reducing transmission and, and leading to healthier communities. There are now um, three vaccines that are available in the United States, um, and uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has recently arrived uh, on the Navajo Nation. So we have uh, two mRNA vaccines, one by Pfizer and one by Moderna, and then uh, a new vaccine called the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, uh, which also works by helping stimulate the body to make antibodies against that spike protein that's on the outside surface of the coronavirus. Um, The vaccine helps us to make those antibodies so that if we get exposed to the virus, then we will be protected um, and, and be better able to fight that off. There are two unique things about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that I wanted to mention to people. Um, One is that that it is a single-dose vaccine, so this can be very helpful, um, especially for populations that may be um, homebound or very remote where it's hard to get in um, for that second dose. So this is a single-dose vaccine. It is available to people 18 and older, and it can be stored at regular um, refrigerator temperatures. It doesn't need a freezer or an ultra-cold freezer. So that also means that it has advantages for being able to um, be used in more remote settings where those ultra-cold freezers might not be available. Um, All three of these vaccines are highly efficacious. Uh, They all have the chance of uh, temporary uh, side effects, including pain at the site of injection, uh, low-grade fever, headache, and fatigue, Um, but all of them provide uh, very good protection against COVID-19 disease. Navajo Nation has, um, as of March 1st data, um, administered over uh, 135,000 doses, um, and there are 48,800 people who had received two doses, which um, gives us among the highest coverage for vaccination in the country, and I think is definitely contributing to the, the steeply declining rates of disease that we're seeing. I mentioned one of the benefits of uh, immunization is this idea of uh, herd immunity or stopping transmission. Uh, Without vaccination, uh, the spread of COVID-19 in the community is uncontained. 
this is a new virus that people don't have immunity to. So it can spread very quickly. And that's one person becomes infected and they can very quickly spread to all of the susceptible members of the community around them. People become immune and the spread of COVID-19 in the community is contained. Even if one person gets sick, transmission is not widespread because people have been vaccinated. And the more people who are vaccinated, the more protected uh, the community will be. We uh, don't know at this point the precise uh, percentage of people who need to be vaccinated in order to achieve herd immunity. Um, but we expect that this is a fairly high percentage, you know, above 80%, potentially even above 90% of the population that needs to be vaccinated in order to achieve um, this herd immunity. So it's very important uh, to continue to encourage people to come um, uh, and get vaccinated to protect themselves and their community. Um, a recent survey that was done uh, by the Urban Indian Health Institute found that the primary motivation uh, for people who uh, were asked about willingness to get vaccinated was a strong sense of responsibility to protect the Native community um, and to preserve cultural ways. And I think this is um, an important message, and I know is one of the main reasons that vaccine coverage has been so high on Navajo Nation, because people do do feel this uh, responsibility to protect the community. I'll carry on to talking about uh, the COVID-19 variants, uh, which we're hearing so much about. I want to take us back to some basic understanding of, of just the biology of the coronavirus. Um, and the coronavirus, like all living things, has a genome, which is the DNA or the RNA instructions that it uses to replicate and that it tells um, that, that it uses to make proteins. Um, the coronavirus uh, has, as opposed to, to humans, which have DNA, the coronavirus has an RNA genome. And it's made of these bases called adenine, guanine, cytosine, and uracil. You can just think of these uh, as, as letters. Um, the order of the letters determines how the proteins are built. It's like a blueprint for building a house. Um, so it's that order of those letters that determines how proteins are built um, and how different parts of the virus um, are constructed. As a virus replicates, when somebody gets infected, the virus enters the cells and the virus begins to replicate. And as it replicates, sometimes it makes mistakes and it inserts the wrong letter. These uh, typos are called uh, mutations. And you can see an example here um, where we started off with this sequence of letters for this coronavirus. Um, it replicated, and when it replicated the first time, it did it perfectly. Everything's in exactly the same sequence or order. Um, but the next time it replicated, it had a little typo here. Instead of putting in uh, a U here on the last letter of that sequence, uh, it put in a G. And that's the source of variance. When we change that sequence of letters, that can impact the proteins um, that, uh, that are then made. So the coronavirus genome has those 30,000 bases or letters of RNA. And as the virus spreads from person to person, it can randomly accumulate more mutations. Through this process, uh, different variants uh, can emerge. So 
normal original sequence of the coronavirus virus, um, these 30,000 letters, and these are different proteins, different sections of the sequence of letters encode for different proteins. Here's the section that encodes for that spike protein, which is around the outer surface. And you can see here, one of the very first mutations that was detected was a, a change here. Um, out of the 30,000 letters, there was one change here at the 186th letter um, that, that led to a, a mutation. And so you can imagine as this virus is spreading from people to people and replicating over and over and over again and all of the different people that it has infected, um, there are many mutations that have emerged. Um, and like we said, those, that sequence of letters is the blueprint for building proteins. Um, so if there are changes in that sequence of letters, then it can change how these different proteins are made and how they are, are built and the shape of the proteins. The process for sequencing the strains is that when a sample is collected and, and somebody is detected as having COVID-19, um, the PCR test that's done, that diagnostic laboratory test that's done, if, it, if it's positive for the virus, then that viral RNA can be extracted from the swab and that sequence of letters for the coronavirus can be sequenced. We can figure out the letter, uh, the order of the letters. Um, and then we can compare the order of the letters from that sample to the, all of the other sequences that have been uh, determined. And that can help us to understand um, how the virus is being transmitted and if certain sequences or certain variants are causing more severe disease or are more uh, transmissible. Um, this doesn't have anything to do with human DNA, and it's an important clarification that I want to make. This is just viral um, RNA uh, that is extracted. So it's just sequencing that order of letters in the SARS-CoV-2 virus. As the virus is replicated and spread around the world, thousands of variants have occurred. Some of the variants emerge and then they disappear. Some persist. Uh, some variants act very similarly to the main virus, the original virus. Um, some will act differently. They may spread more easily or less easily. They may cause milder disease or more severe disease. And in the United States, there are three uh, important variants that have been detected. Uh, one that was first identified in the UK, the one that was first identified in South Africa, and another that was first identified in Brazil. Um, and you can see they have these sort of funny names, B117, B1351, which just helps describe where um, the mutations are occurring and what, what mutations um, have been detected as part of that strain. But all three of these have been uh, reported in the United States. Uh, in the Four Corners area, uh, we have the UK variant reported in all four states uh, that surround the Navajo Nation. Not shown from the CDC website is the California variant, um, which people may have heard about as well. And the California variant um, has also been detected in all four states that surround the Navajo Nation and is increasingly uh, more common among the strains that have been detected. This one has caused some concern because it can uh, appears to spread more easily. Um, it doesn't at this point seem to cause more severe disease, but it can spread more easily.
So what concerns do people have about these variants? As I just mentioned, um, they, they may spread more easily. They may reduce the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccines or other treatments that are available. And they might make it so that it is difficult for us to detect the coronavirus once somebody is infected. When we do coronavirus tests, What those tests are looking for are different parts of the coronavirus to see if somebody has that infection. Um, And if there are mutations in the parts that the tests are looking for, then that may make it harder to detect the infection. So researchers are actively working to understand the variants, what they mean for testing and treatment and prevention methods. And I want to show an example here of just how how that might look as we talked about. All three vaccines that we have available to us now tell our bodies to make antibodies to the spike protein. Um, If we get exposed to the coronavirus, then our antibodies bind to spike protein and block infection. Um, Here are the RNA sequence or the sequence of letters that um, code all of these different proteins including the spike protein. So if there's mutations in this spike protein, um, that could affect the ability of these antibodies to bind to and and block the coronavirus. Uh, The Navajo Epidemiology Center is leading efforts to uh, do strain surveillance for Navajo Nation so we can understand the variants that are present and if they're contributing to higher number of cases and deaths, uh, to track transmission routes, to detect mutations quickly um, to prevent the spread of new strains um, and to identify any mutations that could avoid detection by diagnostic tests or that could affect the potency of the vaccines. People have asked, are the variants causing more severe disease? And as I mentioned, we're really working to understand this right now. It's possible that that may be the case. It's also possible that some variants could cause milder disease. But so far, the main concern is an increase in transmissibility. Even if a virus isn't causing more severe disease, just the fact that if it's uh, spreading more easily, it will result in more cases and therefore more hospitalizations and more deaths. So we really need to do everything we can to prevent the spread of these variants. As as I mentioned so far, the studies suggest that the current vaccines will still work well. This is being closely monitored and all of the vaccine companies are working on uh, booster doses of the vaccine that could be targeted towards these variants should they emerge in a way and cause reduced effectiveness of the currently available vaccines. So this is what I just mentioned, that these updated vaccines um, could potentially be given as as booster doses, and that's something that's being evaluated right now. But the most important thing, the best way to prevent spread of the variants is strict compliance with all of the mitigation strategies. I know people feel um, really grateful that vaccines have been out and um, they will provide protection, but that protection um, is not 100%, and we don't yet know if the vaccines will protect people from having a mild uh, infection in the nose that could be spread to other people. So even if vaccinated, it's still very important to comply with the public health mitigation strategies. Um, We need people who are symptomatic to get tested and all close contacts to get tested uh, to maintain physical distancing, use of masks, hand hygiene, and of course, vaccination. The more people who are vaccinated, the fewer people 
that will get infected and the fewer chances the virus will have to mutate. So by by vaccinate, getting vaccinated, you're not only protecting yourself and your community, but you're also preventing um, that virus from having additional chances to, to mutate. And uh, of course, again, this is a reminder card that uh, gets at that same point that after vaccination, we have to continue the three W's, wearing a mask, washing uh, distance and washing hands uh, frequently. Thank you. And uh, again, I'm, I'm Captain Brian Johnson serving as the uh, acting Deputy Area Director for Navajo Area Indian Health Service. I work in St. Michael's, Arizona with Navajo Area IHS and uh, working not only with our federally managed uh, hospitals and healthcare uh, facilities, but also uh, working with all of our tribally managed uh, programs across the, the Navajo Nation. And so uh, we just appreciate the continued partnership. And I want to thank uh, Dr. Uh, Hammett and uh, sharing the information that you have, it's it's uh, it's nice to see and hear the comments um, about where we're at uh, in this pandemic and and how things are looking, and as well as some of the precautionary statements. Um, I think uh, we're very fortunate to you know here, here locally on the Navajo Nation to have a venue where we can uh, really reach out directly to the public and be able to share that real-time information in, in terms of uh, how we're doing and thanking the, the Navajo people, Navajo leaders as well, for the things they're doing across the Navajo Nation in terms of protecting and, and protecting each other. Again, we, we continue to uh, work with the Navajo Nation uh, Health Command Operations Center. Uh, sometimes you'll hear that referred to as the Navajo Nation HCOC. It's basically the operational component of the uh, COVID-19 response. And so um, the Navajo Area Indian Health Service, with all of its um, service units and its tribal partners as well, um, we work directly with uh, Dr. Jill Jim and others to make sure that we're communicating across the board here within the nation. I, I always like to just mention that we do have a healthcare system on the Navajo Nation, and um, we do share information, uh, best practices. We we share any changes or updates that's going on in terms of having daily calls within the operations center. Um, just to make sure that we're all on board and, and not leaving any one uh, health facility or the services for the Navajo people uh, behind. We want to make sure that our services are across the board, are as equitable as possible, and, and providing the best customer service. I just wanted to make a few comments that, of course, with uh, the current situation, you know, the COVID-19 vaccination process and vaccine process continues to be a certainly a major priority for the Indian Health Service, not only for the Navajo area Indian Health Service, but nationally for the Indian Health Service. And when I refer to the Indian Health Service, I'm not only talking about IHS as a federal agency, but I'm also talking about all of our tribal partners within that, that works beside us and, and helps us become more aware to provide support. Um, it's really uh, outstanding partnerships across the board, and we do appreciate that. One of the things I wanted to mention was that if we look at IHS nationally, again, including both the federal sites and, and tribally managed sites, more than uh, 500,000 doses of vaccine has been administered across the IHS system. 
uh, since those vaccines uh, arrived in mid-December. And um, I think uh, that's really great that we've hit and actually exceeded the 500,000 uh, vaccine mark nationally. And um, I mean, that that actually goes, you know, even upwards into Alaska, uh, down across Navajo, through from California to the East Coast and to the Midwest, that over 500,000. And, and the IHS is aiming to reach 1 million actual vaccinations by the end of March. We're hoping and we're striving to do that. Of course, here on the nation, we work with uh, President Nez and the leaders to identify what is our goals for the month. And so at multiple levels, we're looking at what is our target? What are we aiming to achieve in terms of these vaccines? Again, I was excited to hear uh, Dr. Hammett speak a little bit about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and uh, that it's, it was approved on February 27th for emergency use by the FDA. And of course, um, we've mentioned this and it becomes the third vaccine that we have available in our toolbox to fight the COVID-19 virus. And we're happy that we're, um, we just have one more tool that we can use to fight this thing and to uh, remain vigilant as we move forward. So now whenever we talk about uh, vaccines, we talk about Moderna vaccine, we talk about a Pfizer vaccine, and we talk now about Johnson & Johnson. And we'll continue to monitor the national focus of perhaps additional vaccines getting uh, emergency use approved in the future as well. Uh, but for now, we will definitely, we're, we're happy that we started receiving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And um, we're relying on our uh, healthcare professionals to identify how best to utilize uh, this particular tool. Um, as it's been commented on, uh, Johnson & Johnson's a single dose. There are some advantages, disadvantages to that one as compared to uh, the other uh, vaccines. Uh, but, but all of them have their strengths and um, they're all uh, effective no matter which vaccine that we take. Um, they're all effective and they can all reduce the severity. In the, you know, it doesn't mean that we still can't get the, uh, the virus, can't catch the virus or can't carry the virus. What it means is if you do get exposed, that it can greatly reduce and possibly prevent one from having severe disease, more like minor disease. And it's very helpful in that fashion. And hopefully it will prevent we do still encourage, and we talk with the Centers for Disease Control, we talk with other health authorities across the United States, and it is still vaccination with the COVID-19 uh, vaccine, whether it's Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, they're still all effective in what they do. And uh, we're just happy that, and, and we feel blessed that we have these tools in our, in our toolbox. And again, I, I just want to thank, I always make sure that we thank our Navajo people because um, without uh, your vigilance, without your desire to protect yourselves, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, we wouldn't be where we're at in terms of these, these achievements, in terms of the vaccine numbers that we've been able to accomplish as a team. And uh, President Nez shared some of those. And while I was talking about, you know, the national scene, uh, within IHS, where where 500,000 vaccines have been, uh, I guess, administered to date. When we look at our local Navajo, over 142,000 of those 500 are here on Navajo, which which speaks highly of what's happening here. 
uh, on Navajo Nation. And um, again, um, it's almost daily that we do get inquiries from uh, media sources and others wanting to know a little bit more about the process that was used locally. Um, because people know that that we do have our challenges in a, in a rural setting. We have challenges with weather. We have uh, challenges with the distances between our health facilities and our population that we serve. But yet we're able to have such a high rate of vaccine administration, um, over 75%. And that uh, number continues to change given that that we receive allocations of vaccine weekly. You know, the number of uh, the administered vaccines drops down when we get a new batch because we haven't had an opportunity yet to administer the vaccine. And then in, during each week, we try to build that percentage of administered vaccine back up. And then we follow the same routine the next week. So uh, usually on Sundays, we know what would be coming to us. And on Mondays, with the idea of receiving the vaccine on Mondays and getting that out again to our uh, customers and our patients across the system, it's worked very well for us. Now, I just want to make a comment that while we are continuing to work as a team across the healthcare system to uh, provide the vaccine, and we will continue to do that, whether that's with special vaccination clinics in local communities, such as whether it be in a uh, in drive-through parking lots, where we've had those on-site at our facilities as well as off-site, but we also uh, schedule those vaccine appointments in our clinics as well, and we continue to follow the prioritization schedule as set out by the Navajo Nation, and we certainly had input on that process, and we appreciate that opportunity as well. But I also want to talk just a little bit about uh, COVID-19 testing because this is and continues to be something of importance. Uh, We have to monitor our local communities in terms of our testing and how many tests that we're performing. We still need to test. We're still providing that service and we'll continue to provide that service. And it's important uh, in that we need to understand If we have um, 10 people, for example, come to a facility and they all are tested for COVID-19, there's a difference if all 10 test positive or if only one tests positive. It's important for us to see those numbers to understand what's going on in our communities. We've talked about how the number of cases of COVID-19 continues to decrease and we're in a, a good position, much, 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 much better than what we were before just a few weeks ago. But it's important that we continue to monitor because we do know that we still have community spread. And, um, and that's why it's so important that we monitor what our test results are, not only for the individual patient, but for the system uh, in general so that we can share is uh, our 50% of our tests coming back positive or is it 5% of our tests are coming back positive? Those are the types of things that we monitor. And I just want to, again, encourage folks, the testing is still there. It's still available. We um, certainly recommend getting tested if you feel that uh, you need uh, that. And uh, we want to just reassure the public that we're there for you in, in that way. And we will continue to, to do that over the weeks to come. Today, I'm, I'm not going to go over. I think, um, I think Dr. Hammett did a very nice job. I typically touch on the variant 
just a touch in terms of making sure that our public understands that, that there are variants out there and this, the changing of the virus and, and how it's learning to live in its environment. And, um, I think Dr. Hammond did a very nice job this morning, uh, speaking to that. And so, um, I'll reserve that time, but I also just wanted to mention to the public that again, we continue as we know what vaccine is available when we are continuing to schedule the vaccine clinics, again, whether those are at our health facilities or if they're at a special location in a community, we continue to set those schedules up and those do change routinely. So again, I know it can be frustrating. We're doing the best we can. Whenever we do receive more and more doses of vaccine, we adjust accordingly on the schedule to try to move things forward. So I do recommend uh, keeping an eye out for the schedules, keeping an eye out. Um, if you're a Facebook user on the uh, Office of President and Vice President's page, they typically have the schedules uh, posted. And um, it's important to, to keep tuned in on that. And, and also to contact your local facility if you don't know or if you're unsure of something, don't hesitate to call. Um, please call our facilities and, and they will uh, help you and provide directions and instruction on what's available and when. Um, I think it's, uh, again, I just want to reiterate, uh, I know President Nez did a very nice job as well as uh, Dr. Hammond uh, talking about um, what we have to do at this phase. There's conversation, as was as was mentioned by President Nez, of moving to um, the uh, code orange, um, from red to orange on, on the 15th of this month. And um, I think it's important, while we do see some potential lessening of um, restrictions, so to speak. It's so important to make sure that we continue to remain vigilant and, and protect ourselves. Again, the, the vaccine's great, and it does a wonderful job in terms of effectiveness. However, we must continue to do, to do those things that we were doing before the vaccine arrived. And those things, again, wearing a mask, making sure you're wearing it properly, uh, making sure your loved ones are wearing that, uh, particularly in areas where uh, others are at. Um, if you're if you're in a business environment or if you're in a retail store, just making sure that you're protecting yourself, um, keeping your distance. I think uh, President Nez mentioned this morning about it's okay if someone if you're in a if you're in a store of some type and uh, someone is getting close to you in terms of you know distance. Um, it's okay to, to say, hey, you know, please respect the distance. Um, we, we need to keep that six feet uh, distance and continue to respect that. Um, it's, there's, there's a way to do that in a good way, a positive way. Don't have to yell at them, but, but, it, but maybe just um, ask them nicely, politely, because it helps them as a reminder as well. Um, washing your hands, you know, that's just a public health principle that's always good, and I think um, we do a great job here on the nation um, of sharing that message. And I think the population does an outstanding job. Um, just been my experience in the past, um, in various capacities that I've worked that I've seen, I've seen this firsthand. And so washing your hands, wearing your mask and watching your distance. And again, avoiding large groups. I think it's going to be, uh, tricky in the, in the months to come where, um, where we feel these, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, some lessening of the restrictions. But it's going to be very tempting 
to go to larger public gatherings. Um, it's going to be very tempting to hold large birthday parties and, and family gatherings. And we just have to encourage people, please remain vigilant because um, it's right now it's in our hands. We're the ones who will make the difference in the decisions we make today, uh, what we'll experience tomorrow. And so each day we should do what we can do to protect each other and take care of each other. And with that said, I'm going to um, turn the time over. I believe we may be going to Dr. Jim at this point. Are you available, Dr. Jim? Yes, um, thank you. I was um, having some internet issues, but I'm on my phone here, so I'll just do a brief update. I usually do the um, different slides, but I think this as a reminder, as um, President mentioned and yourself, thank you for all your support and comments regarding the pandemic. And I think that a lot of the messaging, as President mentioned, were, remains to be in effect here on Navajo Nation as we are preparing to transition from red to orange. And so I hope that allows people to provide um, feedback tomorrow if they have questions. So um, today, Dr. Jill Jimmy and um the Executive Director A um, for the Navajo Department of Health. I just wanted to do some brief updates. I am having internet issues here. Um, just as a reminder, um, continue to mask up. Um, social distance, also wash your hands and um, continue to clean high-touch surface areas at home or wherever you are traveling or either um, if you are um, working and also doing errands. So just continue to do that as well. And then also continue to wear a mask. There are new recommendations that were um, put forth by the CDC to wear a fitly um, tightly fitted mask. So, and also double masking. There are some new CDC guidelines that were provided yesterday regarding um, if you have a vaccine and what you can and cannot do. Those um, are being currently reviewed by the Health Command Operations Center team um, that will consist of our EPI team and other COVID members from health professionals will be reviewing those guidelines right now. Um, we are still encouraging everyone to wear their mask, even though if you've been vaccinated or not. So that has to continue. Also, just um, understanding the safer outdoor gatherings. There have been some recommendations around, but I know that wearing a mask at all times and um, social distancing is still recommended um, right now, just depending on our transition to understanding the new policies, avoid hugging others, avoid being inside with people for a long duration of time. But you can be, of course, in with individuals you live with, wash your hands, do not share towels, use a hand sanitizer, shorten your visit, so just to um, be safe. Um, not to be at um, other another household or gathering for a long duration of time is recommended. Avoid self-serve buffets. Um, use a touchless 
garbage can, bring your own food, drinks and plates, cups, utensils if possible, and that they're single-use packets like salad dressing, condiments, disposable plates, cups, and utensils. Well, obviously, if you become sick after attending a social gathering, um, please um, get seen for that, get tested to make sure um, you take all the precautions. We still recommend all the isolation and quarantine recommendations. And for businesses, continue to provide um, any sort of outbreaks to our Department of Health webpage. We have our report exposure button as well. And then just some general messages about vaccinations is just take all the precautions that you still need to. It takes a while to build immunity, but any vaccine is good. So um, if you get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is probably available or soon to be available here on the Navajo Nation, um, just understand that um, any vaccine is good. So encourage everyone to get vaccinated as President mentioned, regarding establishing our own um, Navajo Nation bubble. And also, we are still cautious of the new variant. The UK variant is still being monitored, and in some states, they're seeing increases and um, are related to certain clusters, such as the state of Minnesota and other areas. So just know that our FE team are... Um, conducting surveillance and monitoring these numbers. So any peak in cases, uh, we did change our gating measures to be more specific to seven-day trending versus 14-day trending. And so I hope that can help in us being more responsive. As we are um, experiencing decreasing numbers, there might be a sense of relief for some people, but there also might be a sense of um, anxiety for if people that maybe, um, such as myself, still nervous at times, um, being um, out there in the public. Um, for some cases, that means that some states obviously are lifting restrictions. So all of this could be stressful for you. So um, and even just coming to work and dealing with. Um, just the pandemic. So I encourage you to cope with stress by taking care of your emotional health, taking breaks, watching, reading, or listening to TV, taking care of your body, take deep breaths, stretch, meditate, eat healthy, exercise, get plenty of sleep, avoid alcohol use and drugs, make time to unwind and do activities you enjoy with your kids and some of our kiddos are probably on spring break right now or next week. So enjoy that time with your family and your own household bubble. Um, talk with people you trust about your concerns. If you feel like um, you need someone to talk to and I um, just want to let you know that we all appreciate our, all of our efforts to keeping the numbers low and that really takes um, one person to many people to um, address the pandemic. So, so. You've been listening to the Navajo Health Command Operation Center COVID-19 Prevention and Awareness Radio Forum. Brought to you by the Navajo Department of Health located in Window Rock, Arizona. For more information, call 928-871-7014. Again, 928-871-7014. Four.
Navajo Public Health Emergency Order 2021-004 was signed on March the 3rd, 2021. Addressing the various authorities related to the current COVID-19 public health emergency, as well as escalating incidents and community spread of COVID-19 on the Navajo Nation. Individuals are required to stay home and to stay on the Navajo Nation, refrain from off-reservation travel. Individuals are also advised not to gather with anyone outside your immediate household and to stay within your local communities. A daily curfew from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. applies to all individuals on the Navajo Nation. Essential businesses can limit operation between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. Livestock, food, cultivation, and outdoor physical activity is encouraged. Prevent COVID-19, keep your guard up, and don't back down.